now tune in to No One Watches Regular News No More, hosted by me, Kerry Bogor, and this is episode 43. All right, and welcome back. Uh, yesterday, I was unable to uh, cover any news stories on my podcast. I was busy. My mother had a doctor's appointment, so I had to take her to her appointment. Uh, I was with her all morning. Uh, last year, my mother uh, was battling stage four cancer. She beat it. Uh, she's doing real well now by the grace of God and, and, and uh, having great doctors uh, around her. Uh, she's doing real well now. Uh, she had to go through two surgeries. Um, she had to go through radiation treatment, you know, so, but she's doing real well now. Um, she beat stage four cancer. Thank God she did, you know, um, for a, a moment. I thought my mother would not make it. You know, um, I lost my father in 2005. I was 19 years old. He died of a heart attack. Um, so my mother being diagnosed with cancer, for me, that was something very serious, man. And, and um, But thank God that she pulled through and that she's doing real well. So I was busy yesterday with my mother, you know, getting things done. So, But I'm back now. Um, this morning, I... I wanted to cover several stories. Uh, the main topic, though, will be politics um, and covering, you know, the story with Joe Biden and uh, the airstrikes. And um, a story came out. It, it was airstrikes in Syria again. Um, I'm going to cover the $15 minimum wage that was not allowed. Um, I'm going to cover how the House passes a bill that would prohibit discrimination against LGBTQ Americans after days of heated debate. Um, I'm going to discuss Barack Obama says reparations is justified. I'm going to cover how in California commits to 1.4 million to combat horrific attacks on Asian Americans. I'm going to cover how Joe Biden signed a memorandum to combat bias incidents towards Asian Americans. And one of the stories that I was seeing that was online that was real popular was a California OnlyFans mom says her kids were expelled from school. Then on top of that, I'm going to cover Demi Lovato says gender reveal parties are transphobic. All right. So the first story that I'm going to get into is Demi Lovato says gender reveal parties are transphobic. Now, I don't understand how does a party uh that's between the mother and the father they're just revealing the gender of their child their unborn child how is this a phobic how does this bother anybody you know they're not being hateful they're not promoting anything they're just having a gender reveal parties gender reveal parties are a common thing you know so i don't see the issue with it and how does a gender reveal, a gender reveal party. How is this transphobic? So in the article, it talks about Demi Lovato, singer Demi Lovato. Sorry, not sorry for calling the gender reveal party trend transphobic. The 28-year-old pop star shared a lengthy Instagram post. The post shared by a transgender rights activist. I can't say his name or he, she, whatever. Um, on Thursday, in an effort to shed light on a belief system that presumes non-trans people to be more natural than trans people. The uh, explainer states that it's both 
insincere and incorrect to pretend that gender reveal parties are not transphobic. If two people are having a party with family members, friends over, how does this affect you? If anything, it shows that we have a lot of insecure people walking around in the world that do not like how people can acknowledge one thing and then ignore the other. So they want it to be non-existent, you know, so do not have a gender reveal party because this insinuates that you have a boy or girl. And to people who are trans, this is wrong. Uh, this is not political correctness is just correct. The post adds, we deem gender reveals. We could deem gender reveals not because of our, of our identity, but because of reality. But it is because of their identity because they identify as trans. So they feel some kind of way about it. Gender reveals are based on the illusion that genitals, gender, and that uh, there are only two options, boy or girl. The post continues. So when a child is born, it either has a penis or not. So either boy or girl. You identify animals that way. A dog, a cat, a, a cow, a sheep, you know, a goat, whatever, a lion, tiger. These are male or females based on their their piping, you know, based on how how it, it looks. Either you have a penis or not. Boy or girl. The definition erases the fact that there are, are boys with vaginas and girls with penises and that there are people who are neither boy boys nor girls the idea that sex is based on genitalia is inconsistent with science i disagree so what's happening is that we're living in a society to where people want to be recognized for who they are even if they disagree disagree with how you think they they want to be recognized. In my opinion, this is what this is. I want to be recognized for who I am. So I label you as transphobic if you support a gender reveal party. Demi got some, some support from fans, but many followers in her comments disagree with her declaration with one user writing, baby girl, most of parents just want to celebrate. That's true. They just want to celebrate the fact that they have a baby. You got some couples that struggle to get pregnant. So they have every right to celebrate the fact that they have either a boy or girl. They're happy. So what right do you as a person to take that away from them because you're trans or because you or because you support trans people? What right do you have to label somebody transphobic? If they just want to celebrate the fact that they're pregnant and here you come along with your beliefs, your opinions and your and your Debbie Downer. You know, you're Debbie Downer, you're knocking the fact that you should not celebrate the gender of a baby because it's wrong. It makes no sense to me. So this person wrote baby girl. Most parents just want to celebrate that they're having a baby, not the gender of the baby. Let people do what they want. 
Another said, mind your business. I agree. I don't intervene or interrupt your life and how you live. No different than you intervene and interrupt my life and how I live. If me and my wife is having a child and we're, and we're wanting to have a gender reveal party, that's our business. It's a way to celebrate. I don't have any children yet. I am 35 years old. But when the day comes to when me and my wife do have a child, I look forward to having that baby shower, my, my wife having a baby shower, or if she chooses to have a gender reveal party, that's okay. It's no one else's business but ours. It makes us happy. So in my opinion, you have people that are pushing their beliefs on a lot of people, specifically the LGBTQ community. They're pushing their beliefs on people. They're labeling them transphobic if they don't agree with their lifestyle. It's not like your people are deliberately interrupting you. They're they're not. So trying to try, uh, so trying to label somebody transphobic because they're having a gender reveal party is just wrong. They just want to celebrate. And here and here it is again. We have people on social media. They are, they are like the social media police. They want to tell you what you can and cannot post. They they want to tell you what you can and cannot believe in based on their beliefs. It's just a gender reveal party. It's not that serious. If people want to celebrate, then they can celebrate. And you should mind your own business. All right, so this next story deals with the California mom. Uh, OnlyFans mom, Crystal Jackson, says her kids were expelled from school. So here's a woman, California woman, who peddles sexy snaps and videos online said her three young kids have been kicked out of a Catholic school because of her activity. Crystal Jackson, known as Tiffany Poindexter or Mrs. Poindexter on the OnlyFans app, claims to rake in more than $150,000 a month selling to naughty selling access selling access to naughty photos and videos taken by her hubby Chris. One thing about a woman if times get hard like now you can start a OnlyFans account, you can get on Instagram, you can basically post sexy photos of yourself in lingerie. Women can be skinny, have a big booty, big bust, be thick, a little overweight. They can simply get online in lingerie and sexy outfits and men will love it. So at the end of the day, women can always sell pussy. A man can't do that. That's why her husband is taking photos of her. Nobody wants to see an overweight man in underwear. Being photographed, you have to be in good shape. As a man, in order to be able to have photos taken of yourself, you have to be in a, a phenomenal shape. Phenomenal shape. A man can't do that. A woman can run to OnlyFans, make her money, doing a very hard time. Like now, with the pandemic going on, you can make your money like that. If you're a woman, a man can't do that. So... But her seductive venture has landed her in hot water at her kids' Hart Parish School in, in um, Sacramento, which she said has expelled them, CBS Sacramento reported. The principal said the family is no longer welcome at the elementary school and even barred them 
from picking up the children's belongings, according to the news outlet. Jackson said a group of moms discovered her her site uh, her site last summer and started a campaign to get her kids kicked out of school. Now, this woman said that the reason why she was doing this is to spice up her marriage and, you know, her and her husband, you know, were, you know, not doing so good, you know, for as being intimate, you know. So she did this in a in a way to help spice up their marriage. You know, that's her excuse. You know, not knowing that, you know, it, anything you post on social media is public. You know, you go on OnlyFans, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. You know, these are public platforms. So people uh, on OnlyFans, people can pay to see you. You know, so at any point, you know, she didn't really take into consideration her children. You know, it was just about spicing up her marriage. At one point, the group sent envelopes including explicit material to the the principal they wanted my kids removed and who are innocent to this whole thing jackson said now it's kind of like we got caught here here is our secret life exposed so she was doing this to spice up her marriage with the husband he's the one that's taking the photos of his wife and then posting them online not realizing that, look, it's public now. People are going to see this. So this is the thing with social media is that once you post something on your Instagram page, Facebook, even OnlyFans, whatever, it's public. It's, it's not private. It's not like it, it can be a secret. Somebody might see you. But the thing is, your kids are involved. They know you. They know your kids. So they went after this, this woman's kids because of her activity. If she wanted to spice up her marriage, why not do it in private in your home? You know, you dress up with your husband, you take photos, you send him messages, you know, these things. Why does it why does it have to be on a platform like OnlyFans? She could have done this another way, but again, like I said, women can sell photos of themselves. They can sell pussy. A man can't do that. A man can't sell no dick. A woman can be skinny, fat, big breast, big booty, thick, whatever. She can just dress up in, in lingerie and men will be in awe. Like, oh my gosh, she's beautiful. And this woman can be overweight. It, it don't matter. A woman can do this, a man can't do this. So her activity got her children kicked out of school. She didn't have to do it, but she did. So this story comes out out of Calif uh, California. OnlyFans mom, known as Crystal Jackson, got her kids expelled from school based on her on her activity and being in sexy lingerie, dressing up, her husband taking the photos. She wanted to spice up her marriage. That's all she wanted to do. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, talk about politics. Um, whenever Donald Trump was in office. One thing that I did was I used to share stories on purpose. It was a social experiment on on Facebook. So whenever Donald Trump was in office, I used to do these social experiments. I used to post articles about Donald Trump. And I used to always, always get uh, likes, comments, shares on the uh, the articles. So we were more active and more engaged 
in politics whenever Donald Trump was in office. Now that he's gone, we are less active, less engaged, and less into politics now that Joe Biden is in office. And I knew that this would happen. I knew it would happen. So people are ignoring Joe Biden. However, when whenever Donald Trump was in office, people hated him. People hated Donald Trump. But they're ignoring Joe Biden. So here it is again. Uh, U.S. launches a airstrike. Joe Biden launches a, a airstrike and I hardly see any coverage on my Facebook page. Nobody has shared the story. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody. But here's the thing about the airstrike is it shows the hypocrisy. So this article talks about old tweets from the U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris has surfaced after airstrikes against Syria were launched by the U.S. forces. So U.S. President Joe Biden ordered a U.S. military airstrikes against facilities the Pentagon says are held by Iran-backed militia. Mr. Biden's administration said it was sending a message to Tehran, I think, uh, after recent rocket attacks on U.S. troop location in, in Iraq. In his first military action against Iran-linked groups since Mr. Biden became president five weeks ago, so it's only been about 36 days, days I think, about 36 days since he's been in office, and it's already looking like we're going to war. The U.S. Defense Department said it carried out strikes at a Syria-Iraq border control point used by those groups, destroying multiple facilities. However, critics of, critics of Mr. Biden's administration were quick to point out old tweets from Mrs. Harris from 2018 where she questioned strikes ordered by the then-President Donald Trump. It's, show, it's showing the hypocrisy here, okay? This is what was said back in 2017. This was when Donald Trump was in office. Also, what is the legal authority for strikes? But Syria is a sovereign country. So the question, how how is it legal for these airstrikes? Who gives the authority to just bomb a country? What's the illegal authority for strikes? They question Donald Trump. We are deaf quiet when it comes to Joe Biden. Nobody is saying nothing. I'm, I saw no article, nobody posts nothing on my Facebook feed this morning. Even last night, nobody posts anything. So when Joe Biden launches an airstrike, nobody says nothing. Nobody says nothing. This is what Harris said. I strong, now, this was back in 2018. I strongly support our men and women in uniform and believe we must hold our seed, I guess that's his name, Assad, accountable for his unconscionable use of chemical weapons but I deeply but I am deeply concerned about the legal rationale of last night's strike 
So she's questioning Donald Trump's use of, of airstrikes. However, when Joe Biden does it, it's not his question as much. We're, we're not going to question the fact that he's bombing a country based on rocket attacks on U.S. troops locations in Iraq. This is why we're doing it. So this guy has not been in office more than 37 days right now. And it's already looking like we're going to war. This is why when it comes to Joe Biden, he enjoys the luxury of having the media on his side. Because he knows there's not really, the media won't really attack him like they attacked Donald Trump. So here's an airstrike. It looks like we're going to war. And he's not really questioned about it. However, Donald Trump is questioning more about how is the, who gives the illegal authority for the airstrike? How, how is this legal? What's the legal authority for it? Joe Biden does it, no big deal. Nobody says nothing. My Facebook feed is quiet. Nobody is saying anything about it. And I've noticed this. Whenever I post something about Joe Biden, people ignore it. Nobody comments, really. Nobody shares it. Nobody likes it, really. All right, so let's talk briefly about this uh, $15 minimum wage that would not be allowed in Biden's COVID relief bill. Senate officials say so Democrats cannot include a $15, a 15 per hour minimum wage in their $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package. So a Senate official ruled Thursday derailing for now a party priority and a raise for means of Americans. So the whole idea of increasing the minimum wage is to raise people out of poverty. But you also have the issue with immigration and then now you bring in competition for those jobs. You have an issue with youth unemployment rate, 15 to 24. So you, you increase the minimum wage, you bring in competition. Now those jobs are very hard to come by. A few years ago, when I was making 12 bucks an hour, I could survive if, if it was just me with no children, no wife. But if you are working uh, and you got two or three kids, um, it's very difficult to make it off of 15 bucks an hour in America. I did a story of a woman in, in Ohio. She was working at Little Caesars. She had three kids living in a, a motel. She got a hundred thousand dollars. She said that she would buy a house. She cannot, she cannot afford a house on a Little Caesars salary. It's very difficult to survive like that. But this story also like the one before with the airstrikes. This is not really getting any, any attention for us when I see it on my Facebook feed. Joe Biden really gets no attention like this. So it should be a, a push to raise millions of Americans out of poverty, but they're saying, well, not right now. We just had a U.S. airstrike. We're, we're going to war. This is not really a prior, priority anymore. For as 
dealing with poverty. I don't think really increasing the minimum wage will push people out of poverty. I don't think it's going to happen. You have to give them more money for them to be able to live a comfortable lifestyle. And at least be able to afford rent, you know, mortgage, bills, other expenses. I just don't see 15 bucks an hour doing it. All right, so this article talks about uh, how the House passes a bill that will prohibit discrimination against LGBTQ Americans after days of heated debate. So the House on Thursday passed the Equality Act, a top agenda item for President Joe Biden that will prohibit discrimination against LGBTQ Americans in a 224 to 206 vote. Three Republicans voted with all Democrats on the measure, which the House also passed two years ago, but languished in then the GOP-controlled Senate in 2019. Eight Republicans support the bill. The measure would extend the protections of the Civil Rights Act to LGBTQ Americans to block discrimination based on gender, identity, and sexual orientation. Like a lot of other stories in the media about the news about politics, the airstrike, you know, the minimum wage. And now this story is being ignored. You know, for years now, we have seen stories pop up of black people being killed unarmed by police officers. This has not been addressed. There is no bill being passed at all to protect people whatsoever. However... You can extend the protections of the Civil Rights Act to LGBTQ. I knew I knew that this would happen as soon as black people went out in large numbers and voted for Joe Biden and supported him. Once he got in office, he would ignore them. You would get no support. We're seeing this now. You know, there was an article that, that came out about Black Lives Matter being ignored by Joe Biden. So I knew that this would happen, that once he got in office, he does not have to do anything for anyone. He can ignore you and you will ignore him. And nobody would talk about it. And here we are again. He's in office. He orders a airstrike. People don't talk about it. People are not talking about politics as they once was. We are ignoring Joe Biden and we should ignore Joe Biden. But the media want us to hate Donald Trump, though. All right. So this article talks about how Barack Obama um, said that reparations is justified. OK, so on this podcast with uh, Bruce Springsteen, renegades born in the U.S., he talked about this. He talked about how the case for reparations for black Americans is justified. But he added that politics of white resistance and, and resentment, among other issues, made the prospect of pursuing the issue during his time as president is a non-starter. So he supports the fact that, yeah, 
it should be some kind of compensation done. There has never been any compensation done. This is what he said. Uh, there is not much question that wealth of this country, the power of this country was built in significant part, not exclusively, maybe not even the majority of it, but a large portion it, it was built on the backs of slaves. He continued, what I saw during my time as president was the politics of white resistance, resentment, the talk of welfare queens, and the talk of the under-deserving poor, and the backlash against affirmative action, he said, adding that all that made the prospects of actually proposing any kind of coherent, meaningful reparations program struck me as politically not only a non-starter, but potentially counterproductive. It said that in 2008, he talked about this, saying in remorse at the time that while he agreed with the underlining of recognizing the continued legacy of slavery, he had concerns about the issue. I feared that Reparation would be an excuse for some to say we paid our debt and to avoid that much harder work of enforcing our anti-discrimination laws in employment and housing. The much harder work of making sure that our schools are not separate and unequal, the, the much harder work of providing job and training programs, um, being able to have young men rehab coming out of prison every year and much of the harder work of lifting 37 million Americans of all races out of poverty. He said then, according to the Washington post. And one thing that I, I just talked about uh, a few minutes ago, when looking at the, the increase of the, minimum wage it would not lift people out of poverty you have to have training programs you know you have to be able to have high school students when they leave high school high school they have some kind of training they're not just going out there going to college with no skills skills pay the bills so the fact that this was not really a topic of discussion this week shows me that we are not involved when it comes to politics as we were when Trump was in office so here it is Barack Obama say reparations is justified but he he had his concerns about it then he goes on to say uh, these challenges would not go away with Reparations, he is right. Obama also said that, so while I'll applaud and agree with underlining of uh, recognizing the continued legacy of slavery, I would prefer to focus on the issue that will directly address these problems and building a consensus to just do that. So really, money won't make the problems go away. We've seen this. Money will not make the problems go away. I've seen numerous cases of unarmed black men get shot and killed. The family is compensated. You know, they file a civil, a, uh, a lawsuit. 
and then they reach some kind of agreement. The family is paid, but then you see another cases pop up like this. So it's not like money is going to go away. Just because they give you money in compensation for slavery does not mean the issues go away. I think, in fact, the issues will get worse. People will be more resentful towards you. One thing that we always say is that why come other people, when it comes to their race, they are put up first and we are not. Because we, I know for a fact that it will be a lot of resentment towards black Americans if this was the case. If black Americans were to be given some kind of compensation for slavery, it's going to be a lot of backlash. It's going to be a lot of resentment. People not even support it. It's going to happen. So I see what Barack Obama was saying about, you know, white resistance, res uh, resistance, uh, resentment towards him, you know, based on the ideal of compensating, you know, black Americans for slavery. You know, so I, um, I definitely understand what he's saying. All right. So uh, these two stories real quick uh, deals with um, this anti-Asian you know, thing going on, you know, when it comes to anti-Asian attacks and discrimination in the U.S. One thing about the USA is discrimination, racism, prejudice. You know, this is a part of the U.S. history, whether it was the Japanese being placed in concentration camps during World War Two. You know, uh, these these camps, you know, because of the fear, you know, that the U.S. had of the Japanese because of the uh, attacks on Pearl Harbor. Uh, you have Jewish people, uh, Mexican people. You have Native Americans, you know. So the U.S. has a long history uh, when it comes to discrimination. It's no secret, you know. So this article talks about how in California... 1.4 million was committed towards helping Asian Americans report these crimes. Uh, tracking attacks after a slew of cases, including a 84-year-old man. I seen a video on, I think, Nightline. And the focus was on a 84-year-old man who was attacked for no reason because he was Asian. Um, I did not like how they tried to make it seem like black people and Asian people have had this long, intense uh conflict over years which came from the Rodney King case you know I did not like how it the story was being spent that black people are also to blame for the heightened anti-Asian attacks I did not like that part but if you watch the video much of that was cleared up it, it would just it would just give you a backstory of conflict you know um but it was people that defended and said, look, you know, this is not a black or Asian issue. You know, but I did see that one minute clip being posted on Instagram and people were jumping on it. So Gavin Newsom, Governor Gavin Newsom signed the larger AB85 pandemic budget bill, which includes 1.4 million earmarked for researchers at the Asian American Studies Center at the University of California. Uh, it goes on to say this, um, the site, which is the uh, Stop AAPI, the site, um, it was launched a year ago. The site tracks hate 
crimes and then helps Asians. Asian Americans report them in dozens of languages. It has logged over 3,000 hate crimes in 2020 alone. So uh, when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic, when it comes to uh, hearing the the virus called the Chinese virus or the China virus, you know, this increases discrimination and all these and all these attacks in the U.S. against Asians. But like I said, when it comes to the USA, discrimination, racism is not something that's uncommon. It's been going on for a long time. And when it comes to black, white, Mexican, Jewish, etc., people have developed their own ideas of how they think about people. This is really embedded in the psyche of, of, of American culture when it comes to how we see other people, other races, other culture people. It's a very common thing. Um, Joe Biden signed a memorandum. It says here, Joe Biden signs a memorandum to combat bias incidents toward Asian Americans. Uh, President Joe Biden signed this past Tuesday. Um, no, this was last month, excuse me. Denouncing discrimination toward the Asian American and Pacific Islander API community that has risen alongside the COVID-19 pandemic. So they're associating the COVID-19 pandemic with the increase of discrimination in attacks on Asian Americans. So Joe Biden signed this memorandum uh, to address the issue. So this story and the one I just said are, are linked together. Uh, you can go view both stories, ABC, um, and then also on MSN.com. All right, so let's continue. Um, this article says AOC slams Biden administration for reopening Texas facility to hold migrant children. Now, this was a big thing when Trump was in office, a big thing. New York Representative Alexandria Cortez <clears throat> slammed the Biden administration on Tuesday for reopening a Texas facility to hold migrant children. The Bronx Democrat was reacting to a report that the emergency facility in, uh, I think it's Car Rizzo Springs, Texas, was being reopened to hold 700 children ages 13 to 17. 17, excuse me. This is not okay. Never has it been okay. Never will it be okay, no matter the administration or party. She tweeted, It's only two months into his administration and our fraught, unjust immigration system will not transform in that time. That's why bold reimagination is a must. In a separate tweet referring to the Department of Homeland Security, Cortez said this, DHS shouldn't exist. Agencies should reorganize. ICE gotta go, uh, ICE gotta go, ban for, for profit, detention, create climate, um, refuge status and more. So when Joe Biden's in office is not getting traction, is not getting attention. 
We ignore him. We hate Trump for it, though. The reopening at a Texas homestead in Florida is crucial because space was limited in other facilities for undocumented children so they could uh, social distance during the pandemic, according to the Washington Post. Again, Cortez is slamming Joe Biden's administration for this. Again, Joe Biden gets ignored for this. He, he, he will get ignored um not get any hardly any attention but when Donald Trump was in office it was a huge issue the next 4 years under Joe Biden he can do what he wants and the media will ignore it we will ignore it like i said far as our activity, our involvement, being engaged when it comes to politics, we do not care anymore. Like we cared four years ago. We don't care. So Joe Biden can seemingly do what he wants to do. Things are allowed to happen and people will ignore it. So Cortez said, you know, DHS shouldn't exist. Agencies shouldn't re uh should be reorganized. I just gotta go. However, like I said, when it comes to Joe Biden, uh these kinds of stories are not highlighted, it's not talked about, it's ignored. And I knew that this would happen that we would go right back to boring old politics. Nobody would care. You know, I I knew that the US would eventually go back to doing what they normally do once Trump is gone. And here we are again is proof of it. You know, numerous stories have popped up with the airstrikes and et cetera, and it's being ignored. I purposely did a social experiment on my Facebook page for months. People almost always commented, liked, shared. Anything I posted about Donald Trump, it was a, a debate. Now that I post about Joe Biden, nobody hardly likes anything. You know, there's no comments, you know. We're going right back to boring old politics again. And that was my concern with Joe Biden being elected. Alright, so that concludes my podcast. Thank you for being able to tune in and listen to No One Watches Regular News No More, hosted by me, Kerry Bogart, and I will be back real soon.